Yeah. She got her music and everything queued up. We'll just watch you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not starting for another nine minutes, but we yeah, are live just for Mars. Ah, no, no other reason, the, just for Mars. Yeah. A, a lot of shows have what they call pre-shows. We have our Mars <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yeah, these are just I'm Mars myself. minutes. All right, I tweeted if you guys want to retweet and get get oh, the news okay. out. Uh, I'm looking for... Mm -hmm. yeah, do one in here. Let's see. Yeah. Oops, that's not cool. So I like that we went live from ours and everybody just quit talking. Right? <laughs> my my phone <laughs> rang. My phone rang right as I hit live and I'm like, oh. <laughs> we make a big deal by going live nine minutes early and then we're all like, oh, let's just be quiet. Hi. <laughs> what is going on? I want to retweet. Yeah, I'll get that's Discord. Nice. Getting whose Discord? Ours. Oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of in there sometimes. <laughs> oh. So what is going on with everybody? What up, chat? Why didn't that work? Hi, chat. Hi, chat. <laughs> chat spat. Spam dance game, right? <laughs> God, it's been like two weeks since I've logged into this account and I'm already trying to remember passwords. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm good. No I'm good. I'm in. I'm in. It's okay. <laughs> good, good, good. Hey, cool. Uh, we, uh, I went, I was going to put our, our, our feed up in another uh, Discord that I'm in uh -huh. and they've already got us tagged so we're oh. already announced it. There. The MeBot announces it. I love it. All right. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. All you. Oh, yeah, my husband wearing one sec. <laughs> Man, it's like once you see it, you're like, just go where you're supposed to go. Your hair looks fine. <laughs> yeah, your guy, you don't, you don't see it the way girls see it. <laughs> it's just the truth. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh. Oops. All right. That looks good. We're in. We're in like Flynn, like. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jordan, what time is your match tonight, sir? Uh, it's in an hour. Is when okay. It starts. So, All right. Right? If we, so we're if done we're, here, and I go next in the room oh, next door, and we go play. All right. Okay. If you need to leave early, just let us know, and we'll uh, we'll wrap. So, yeah, absolutely. That is not a problem. We're, we're I'm, I usually try to keep us on about a forty-five minute to a one-hour at max time limit. So that's good. We should be fine. <sighs> Who are you playing tonight? Um, let's see. Our team is playing USC, and then our main team is playing University of Alberta. Nice. Oh, yeah. good luck, man. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Hey, were you guys involved with the uh, Tavern versus Tavern at all? We were. We lost to Matthias's team up in Seattle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, four to five. Felt bad, but it was okay. Uh, yes, yeah. that's how we were. We uh, we were we lost to uh, Stevens team over at the cave. Uh, ah. it, we the first set we won two to one. The second set we won two to one. So we just needed to take one game out of set three, and they swept oh. they swept us in set oh. three. Oh man! So yeah, 
Yeah, we went one and two the first set, three and out of the second set, and we're like, we just need one game! Yep. Like, how can we go all three, right? <laughs> right. <sighs> no. So, oh, well. It happens, yeah. Yeah, ours was all messed up. We just finished ours uh, last week because yeah. of a hurricane. So they put Florida in its own bracket. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, I think I think my teams are out now, so gotcha. <laughs> Mars is liking your hoodie, Jordan. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it is the best hoodie ever. Like, it really is. It's so yeah. comfy too. It my really son is. took mine. <laughs> he took mine, so I was like, ah, all right. No worries. That's why I don't have children. Is it just so they won't steal your clothes? Because yeah. apparently somebody oh. stole your clothes already. So <laughs> I think you have house gnomes. <laughs> Maybe there's doppies around. Yeah. My son's a little too young to steal my clothes still. He's coming up on seven weeks. Ooh, oh, man. Congratulations. Gosh. Congratulations. Thanks. All right, look, yeah. I have three minutes. Aww. So I'm going to give you, I have, uh, I'm going to give you my one piece of, is this your first kid? Yep. <laughs> All right, here is my fatherly advice to you. When it comes to bicycles, never, ever, ever use training wheels. What you're going to do, you're going to get the bike, and you're going to lower the seat all the way down. You can take the pedals off, so no pedals. The bars will still be there, but no pedals. Let the kid walk around on it. He'll scoot. Here's his boy or girl. His boy. Okay, so he'll be scooting himself around, pushing himself around, and – He'll be going further and further, keeping his legs up off the ground to get more distance. As soon as you see him take a turn and come back upright, put the pedals on, raise the seat, you're done. It is the easiest thing ever. My neighbor used to be a uh, uh, a, bi a cyclist for Cirque du Soleil. Mm -hmm. And when I got my kid his first bike at Christmas, we went out there with the training wheels, and he came out, and he, was just, he told me the whole story. He did his thing, and my son was riding the bike within two days. With no bruises, no wow. no nothing. Because you get dependent on those training wheels. So you just take those away. They never have them. It's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like what happened with my brother. He learned how to ride a bike at age two because he only had one training wheel. And it was just on that one side. So eventually one day I just went and kicked it off and he could ride his bike just fine. There you go. Yep. No training whatsoever. And keep her podcast. Should I pull up a picture of him real quick? Absolutely. Yes. Let's see what I can find here. Find the. What's his name? Are you allowed to say? His name is Talon. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah. Is his middle name Tree? No. Okay. That'd be cool. Talon Tree. Talon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's here's there. a pretty good picture of him. Let's see if you can see oh. that. Oh man. Oh. Looks just like Winston Aww, Churchill. He's yeah. so cute. That is so cool. How's mom doing? She okay? She's great. Good. Good, good, good. All right, gang, you ready to get this show on the road? Yes. Well, let's, let's do it. Dance song. All right. It's my Mars dance. Wait, I got to take my shoes off to do the Mars dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Starting in five, four, three, two. Welcome to the Innkeepers Podcast. We're glad you found your way here. And welcome to the Innkeeper Podcast. This is episode three. We are a podcast for innkeepers covering Hearthstone Fireside Gatherings with insight and information we hope all of our fellow innkeepers find useful. Our topic for this episode comes from many of the innkeepers at the last summit. We hope we'll be able to find uh, the answers that you need as we talk about sponsorships. I am your host, Patrick, from Knoxville, Tennessee. This is Andy from Orlando, Florida. And this is Elyrie from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. And joining us today is our guest Jordan from Salt Lake City, also known as 
Mahadag. Wow. No. Mahadag. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think we go on after that. Hi, uh, everyone. The one thing. Oh, you had one job. Folks, <laughs> yeah, coming more, up. More there you go, Moadib. <laughs> Coming up in episode three, we are going to be talking about, we're going to get some HCTE uh, event recaps uh, to start off with. We're then going to talk about finding event sponsors, getting a signed sponsorship deal, and then how to make sure your sponsors keep on coming back for more. And don't forget, for all your Hearthstone Innkeeper needs, go to the official Blizzard website, firesidegatherings.com. We also have a great community resource built from Innkeeper resources made by us, that is hsinkeepers.com. And today's very, these topics have been requested a lot, but the questions, uh, they were inspired by Innkeeper Alex from Salt Lake City. So there you go. All right. But before yeah. we get into uh, talking about sponsorships, we'd like to introduce Jordan. Uh, as we said, he's our guest uh, today. So Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, we know you're from Salt Lake City, but tell us, how did you get into hosting Firesides? And what's your th favorite thing about uh, running Firesides? So I started running Fireside Gatherings about two, just over two years ago. Um, after we had kind of established our, our gaming club and organization here at the University of Utah. Um, but we didn't really have Hearthstone events all that much, and I liked the game, so I figured, hey, we'll, we'll make a club, and then we'll just start hosting events monthly, and that fit in really well with the Fireside Gathering program. And we've had consistent months or events every month since we started over two years ago, so we haven't missed a month yet, um, which has been great. Um, my favorite thing, honestly, is just getting to see new players come in and then old players kind of develop new friendships and relationships with those new players and all enjoy the game together. So That's awesome. That's one of the best things I love about Firesides as well. You know, speaking of Firesides, we just had the Hearthstone Championship Tour. Uh, that's why we were kind of uh, missing a little bit last week and, and uh I didn't host one, but Larry and Patrick, you guys both uh, had something to do with that. So, uh, Larry, could you give us a little bit of a recap of how your event went? Sure. Um, I was out in Vancouver helping out Maticus with the players venue there, and it was the first time that there was a HCT venue, West Canada. So that was super exciting as it was a new area to bring that to, and we had, honestly, just so much fun. They have such a great community there. Like the biggest Sunday turnout that I've seen of any location. It was nuts, but it was so much fun. And we had the Lich King raid going and like truth, like absolute truth. One of the players there got an over 3000 one game score. It was like 3,160 oh. something. Like it was, it was insane. Like I haven't seen anyone or heard of anyone else getting close to that. It was really crazy. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun for sure. And uh, Jordan, I noticed here that you also hosted one in uh, the Salt Lake City location. How'd yours go? Yeah, yeah, we had one here. Uh, we actually had one player come here, but it was it was great, uh, just the same. Um, we had a, a big turnout. Uh, everybody really enjoyed the, the new Lich King raid. We actually yeah. themed our entire fireside uh to kind of reflect Northrend, which was really cool. We had we had the every zone except for like Crystal Song Forest was represented uh, as an event or a, an activity. So we had like the Grizzly Hills with a dartboard, and we had Winter um, Wintergrass had like these little marshmallow catapults, and you had to knock down towers and stuff. It was really really cool. That is yeah, awesome. It, 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 it was great, and then we had like Zoldrak was like an arena leaderboard. We had to do an arena run and then try and get the you know the best best run. So it was really cool. Now I want to make marshmallow trebuchets and start knocking stuff yeah. down. Right? <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it All worked right. out great. And Mr. Patrick, how you had an amazing time at your event. How did so, it go? So yeah, actually, we uh, I helped, uh, I, I assisted with the uh, Boston venue, and uh, some of you may have heard about it. There was a little article about it on Reddit, and uh, just a little bit, just, just a little. So we had eighteen players at our venue, 
uh, for, for playoffs. And you know what is really good for Hearthstone? Internet. 18 players. No, internet. It helps. It helps. <laughs> I've heard. I wouldn't know, but I've heard <laughs> it helps. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we we ran into a few uh issues on the comcast mm. side of things uh we spent a good portion of time on the phone with comcast customer support and blizzard it and uh finally we made it through day one by the skin of our teeth and uh day two we started with absolutely no internet at all and oh wow working wow. with blizzard it and blizzard venue location services we were able to uh find another place about seven or eight miles north of us in the next city and uh in i think what is probably record time for breaking down a broadcast station we <laughs> we threw everything in the back of uh one of the other innkeepers car drove it north Unloaded it, set it all back up, and we're ready to go by the time our uh, first match of Sunday was ready to go. So, wow, that is amazing. I had no idea. I thought you were just, done. I thought you were just kidding when you said you broke it down and moved oh. eight miles north. Oh no, no, we, wow, we, uh, we broke down both broadcast. We had two broadcast stations at our venue. We broke them both down, threw them in the car. Uh, through Amnesiac and Ock in the back seat and went north. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Well, I'm glad it all eventually worked out yeah. for you, even though you had to go to a different location. So yeah, Ooh. yeah, no, it, it worked out. Uh, we we got like I said we got there, got everything set up, and had Ock on broadcast in time for his match. So that's awesome. No pressure. No uh, yeah, pressure. Yeah, no. No. And did and, you get a police escort? <laughs> no, was, no, because uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, there wasn't enough room for me in the car after we got Amnesiac and Ike into the car. Oh, no. So, so I stayed behind at the uh, bar where we had no internet because we had a bunch of walk-ins for our fireside gatherings that were oh, scheduled. Man. Mm -hmm. Just so happened, uh, had a really great gentleman there who had come into play, and he, he came up and said, hey, do you need any help? And I'm like, well, we don't really have any internet. I don't know what you know we can do. He's like, I happen to have a Verizon MiFi we can hook up. We can hook players oh, up wow. to it. I was like, okay. So I, I turned on the wireless hotspot on my Verizon phone. We got all the players hooked up to the two cellular hotspots, and we were playing before what? you knew it. So awesome! That's cool. But yeah, yeah. no, we, we 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 worked it out. Had everybody had a good time. Uh, a lot of the lot of the people who walked in for the firesides got to face the Lich King, and uh, we did some offline activities too. Uh, thank goodness for Hearthstone Pictionary. They had a blast, <laughs> and it took no bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> just just mental bandwidth. That's all that. Takes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but it, it was a good time. It was a good time. So. Alright. Where does that uh what does that bring us to? I guess uh that brings us to well, our gonna... social plug, right? Yeah, yeah, Larry's gonna tell everybody how to get a hold of us. So the best way to get a hold of us is through Discord. We have a channel just for the podcast um that you can throw any questions that whether they're our current week's subjects or not, you can throw any at us. We'll always try and include as many as we can. Um, and that's pretty much it. Maybe we need to get a Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> and we we'll are modern it, channel. So if, uh, if you're in there now and want to get a question for the show, you can do that because we do monitor those channels during the show. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that's going to bring us to our uh, main topic of the night, which is finding event sponsors. Um, like, like we said, this was a uh, recurring question from the last Innkeeper Summit. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, how do I find a sponsor for my event? And as we all know, fireside gatherings have the potential to be very costly if they're not managed properly. Um, innkeepers are always looking for sponsors to kind of help offset those costs. So how do we find an event sponsor? And this is why we bring in... Jordan, because 
he is the man when it comes to this. So um, why don't you tell us, you know, a little bit about how you do it. What What is your market watch for finding a sponsor? Yeah, so the scope in which uh, I'm typically gathering sponsors or sponsorships actually goes outside of just uh, Hearthstone a lot of the time. A lot of time we're doing events that encompass uh, more than one game, uh, in fact. Um, but even just you can always scale it down and apply it to whatever is applicable for you because every community is different, right? Every every tavern is different and has its own needs and every community has different resources and different opportunities for you to go out and look uh, and find those sponsorships. But the first key is just identifying what it is you need. Do you need a sponsor, right? Like, um, do you need those sponsorships? And most, you know, innkeepers will say, well, of course I do. Free stuff is great, right? Um, so, like, identifying what you need from these sponsors, right? Like, what is it you need? Do you need monetary sponsorship? Do you just need a consistent venue that's supporting you that you don't have to pay for? Do you want swag or prizes or food? Uh, all of those things. You want to identify what it is you want. Secondly, you need to identify, well, what do you have to offer in return? Usually we call those deliverables, whether that's marketing, whether that's uh, brand recognition or brand placement, uh, whether that's just bringing in foot traffic, if it's, you know, you're actually bringing people there to buy their, their food, if it's at a restaurant, or if you're going to be giving out um, their product, uh, how many people are you going to reach with that? Or if you're going to market their their product or their name, how, how many people can you reach, whether it's through social media or physical media, doesn't matter. Um, what do you have to bring to the table? What do you have to offer these companies or these, these businesses? And so once you've identified those two things, then you need to make a plan, right? You have to, you know, decide, well, how am I going to, you know, approach these companies and, and how am I going to represent myself in a way that's appropriate and professional, but can still relate to them on a personal level? Because you want these people to like get to know what, you know, who you are at least, right? And, and you know, recognize you and be able to, you know, have a conversation with them, uh, it, it definitely varies depending on whether it's like a local sponsor or a corporate sponsor. There's a completely different approach to, to each of those. Um, and, you know, I could talk about this for, for a long time, but, you know, that's, that's where you get started at least. Okay, awesome. So, um, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, whether you're looking for people to sponsor food or, or monetary or prize type stuff, but, you know, Let's say, you know, you, you're going to look for an event sponsor, you know, what ways, I mean, do you, you know, do you do it yourself? Do you rely on friends? I mean, what, what do you find works best? You know, what, what are some of your best practices that you might could pass on? So the most important thing is being organized. Uh, if you're not organized, they'll see that and they won't want to help you to begin with. So be organized have have your thoughts all all together like i said i identify those those things what do you want what do you have to offer and bring that with you so whether you're you feel it's appropriate to approach them personally or or email say like the manager of say like a, a restaurant if you're if you're seeking seeking that food sponsorship um approach them in the the way that you feel is most appropriate because it like i said it it varies depending on you know your specific situation. Um, if you have like a business card or an organization, you know, that you represent uh, beyond just your tavern, it's great to have like those business cards or uh, like letterheads that you can show you're you're there in some official capacity and you're organized in the sense that, you know, this is what we're requesting. This is what we have to offer you. And so as professional and concise and organized as you can be uh, is number one priority, right? So. Okay, cool. And I, and I can elaborate on that or, or, or go <laughs> further. Yeah. But like that, that's, that's definitely a best practice is being organized. Right. Okay. Professional. Okay. So um, you, you, let's say you go in, you introduce yourself, you know, you shake hands, you, you tell them who you are and what you want to do. 
Um, where do you go from there? Like, how do you pitch the event to a potential sponsor? So for an event uh, specifically, you, you kind of want int- to like you introduce who you are, give them some background, make them care about who you are. Don't they, they don't care about what it is you're doing specifically a lot of the time, especially if you're working with with a, a company who's may not be familiar with Hearthstone in general. Like you, they don't need to know exactly, you know, everything you're doing, but they want they want to know, you know, why should we care about you? compared to say the next guy that walks in the door and says, Hey, you should sponsor me. So make them care about who you are and why you're doing it less about what you're doing. Okay. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so the way you do that is, yeah, you give them that background, but then you kind of show them rather than telling them, you show them why they care. So whether that's through, references whether that's through past experiences with other sponsors or past events you've done if this is the first event you're doing you're going to have a little harder time finding sponsors to you know support something that's just unprecedented people want to have some kind of background uh, that they can reference to help you uh, with future events right Mm -hmm. and so if you're say it's your first event you're looking for a sponsor you might have to kind of rely on people you actually know uh that can maybe reference your character or the experiences they've had with you in the past. Otherwise, it's going to be really difficult for you to sell them on something that you've never really done before, if that makes sense. Right. So, so, so like, it, it helps if you have friends who are artists, for instance. And I believe Andy has a yeah. story here. Yeah. So, uh, really good friend of mine, Patrick, is an, another Patrick, is an artist. And he actually has done a lot of uh, work. He's done our business cards. Uh, he's done some character or caricature work for us. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can even see this shirt here, but Othral sitting on my shirt here. Wow. This is, that's yeah, so that's, cool. that's, that's Patrick. Awesome. Yeah, that's Patrick's work. And <laughs> I like the guy. He does really good work. He's pretty pretty fast for an artist. So I had offered him one point in time and said, look, if you want to set up a table at one of these events to have your art there, well, feel free to do it. And luckily for me, he didn't take me up on the free part of the offer at all. And he actually has the table that he pays for. And then there's a commission involved that we get money on any uh, artwork that he sells. So he sponsors us that way. By Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. I still set up his table because I have uh, physical copies of all the artwork he's done for me. And I just lay that out and put it around because it's cool. And we actually give away as our... Uh, big prize of the tournament, we give away one of his caricatures or drawings of whatever character you want. He can actually go to your, if you play World of Warcraft, he can actually go to your uh, uh, armory page and he'll draw your character in your current uh, current gear set, the whole nine yards. Else, he's very familiar with all the Hearthstone characters and you can say, hey, give me give me Chrome in a pose or give me uh, give me, you know, I got Thrall, give me Thrall here. And he'll do all that stuff. But wow. He was able to flip a really cool offer that I made him. He kind of went, well, if I did that, I'd be taking advantage of you. So let's, why, don't we do, why don't we work it this way? And that, uh, that works out a lot. It benefits both of us. So mm-hmm. well, That's, that's really awesome. cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, another thing is maybe what are your thoughts about going to other people's events? Yeah. So networking is really, really important, actually. Um, whether you're going to like another fireside or you're going to like an expo or a convention, those are great opportunities to just meet people who, who knows, maybe a month, two months, a year down the line, you end up reconnecting with that person or their organization and you've already got that connection there. So you can say, Hey, I know this person or go actually contact that person and say, Hey, would your organization be interested in, in sponsoring us? Um, We actually had, uh, I have an, a real example of this, actually, if, if you'll allow me to n- not tangent, but like elaborate. Go ahead, um, please. So, so we went to uh, Salt Lake Gaming Con, uh, which is a, an annual event, kind of like a really, really small version of like PAX. <laughs> um, and there was a, a gaming chair company there called... Uh, it's since changed, but it was called Gamer Throne at the time. Um, 
and they were kind of prototyping this this chair that reacted to like sound and motion. So say like an Overwatch, you're sitting there and you get shot, it would like vibrate on the side. And they're a company that makes like the, those vibration chairs that they make in um, theaters. And so we talked to them, you know, told them who we were and they were like, hey, that's cool. Uh, let's exchange information here. And then later they actually contacted me and said, hey, we'd love to do like an event with you guys or sponsor an event for you guys. Let us know what your schedule is. And so right there, we were like, oh, um, our schedule. Well, it's kind of either month to month or, you know, we don't we haven't really planned that far in advance. Right. And so being organized right there was really important to, you know, jump on that. And so we kind of gave them a date of when we knew we were going to have an event. And then we just kind of had that sitting for a little while. And then a few months later, we reconnected and said, hey, like, this is when our event's going to be. Do you want to be like a core sponsor for this? Uh, and it ended up being like a statewide event we had. Uh, and it was really, really awesome. Um, and so wh what we did is we kind of built up this sponsorship deck, uh, which is a term uh, we often use when uh, it's kind of a means to organize all of your your deliverables and, and basically do your whole pitch in one kind of go for you in a, a way that's graphically pleasing. It's not just a list of bullet points. Um, now, it doesn't have to be super fancy. I mean, you could just throw it together in Word and then make it kind of look nice. Um, but we we put together this, this sponsorship deck, and in there it listed, you know, who we were exactly, like defined, you know, who we are as an organization, what our purpose is, and then it defined, the, this is what, the purpose of this event is, you know, we're bringing in six different universities and all of the these different teams, uh, and they'll all be competing. And then we'll have people from the community who will just come watch, and it'll it'll be this awesome event to kind of celebrate gaming and esports in the state. And so we explained all that to them, and then it showed who what our collaborative reach was, how how many people, or at least the maximum reach we had on social media combined, not just our organization, but all of the other ones we were working with as well. And so we had all of that on there as well as, you know, we broke it down. This is how much we could reach through social media. This is how much we reach. We reach through like Facebook and Twitter and, you know, the physical reach on campus and things like that. And so they have these hard numbers they can see and they can take to whether it's an executive or someone on their marketing team to justify spending those marketing dollars because all of these companies, whether they're small or big, have a marketing budget and it's their job to spend it. If they don't spend their marketing budget, they're not doing their job and they get fired. So you're there to help them find a good way to spend their marketing budget and sponsorships like this are a really good way to do that. So that might be comforting to some people who are like intimidated, like, Oh, I don't want to ask for money or support. These companies want to spend this money because like, that's, that's what they're there to do. There's so many marketing dollars that are just wasted uh, every month and every year, just because they either don't go to the right things or they just don't get spent. So let that comfort you a little bit. And then to kind of finish up the story, we had these different tiers of kind of support. And I know people have asked, well, is tiering a good thing? And I would say, especially for events, and if it's kind of a larger event, tiering can be really good, especially if you're looking for multiple sponsors, um, because then it, it lets them see, well, where do we fit in? What would benefit us the most? Do we just want our name on this banner and, you know, it's a low entry point? Or do we want to be a core sponsor for this event and, you know, have our name everywhere, but then we also get to interact with more people so they can kind of pick where they feel the value is. And so this sponsor ended up going for, you know, the diamond package, the high, the highest level. And so that got their name on all of our photo banners, on all of our marketing uh, you know, those were our deliverables. Is we we had them everywhere. We had a, a front and center booth for them, and then they, in return, gave us a monetary sponsorship as well as they gave away one of their chairs, one of their prototype chairs, uh, as a, a prize. And then they also had um, kind of a, a booth set up there, uh, so everyone could come in and test the product. So that was kind of the trade-off there. And then it, you know, the event went really well. Uh, to follow up, we we gave them 
uh, pictures of the of the event and and you know kind of maintain that relationship so kind of a full full circle example there for you that's that's really cool though i mean actually you know being able to go through that process step by step is is really amazing and it really gives you an insight to be able to share with other innkeepers and and we greatly appreciate that so let's say the big takeaways from this are be professional be organized have specific goals in mind when you go to talk to a, a potential sponsor and know what your deliverables are and what it is you're asking for in return. Would you say that that pretty much hits the high points? Absolutely. And then just communicate. Just just be, you know, forward and, and direct and transparent. Okay. Well, there's one other thing we wanted we've got uh, that we want to talk about, and that's event services. Um so uh Andy, do you want to go first, or do you want to let Jordan go first here? Well, let me just you know kind of talk about what that is. It's not. I mean, you're, normally if you say event services, and that's my fault because I made the outline that way. But normally you say that it's actually services happen at the event, food and beverage, everything else. What this is is it's a do it for you uh, service uh, that gets you sponsors. If you go to sponsormyevent.com. You can put in what you're doing for an event. It will match you with sponsors uh, who then bid on your event. And then you can kind of pick, if you get any uh, results, you can start picking through those. Now, the way they make their money, sponsor my events can take 10% of whatever uh, that offering is going to be made to you. So budget with that in mind. Uh, but you can, if you are just stuck and can't find a sponsor, this was my, I would, this would be the last thing I would ever do. I'm going to check with my friends. I'm going to network. I'm going to go anywhere that I can. I'm going to attend another event, find out who their sponsors are, go door to door, knock on places, find computer hardware. So anything that, that is the message market match. So if you get that, fantastic. If you can't and you're just, you've tried everything else and you're at your wits end, then you can go to a service like Sponsor My Event. But you miss out on that personal touch, which is what Jordan was talking about before that is so very, very important for a repeat uh, sponsorship, which we'll talk about later on here. But yeah, it's there. Those services are available if you have nowhere else to turn to. Okay, cool. Jordan, you have anything you want to add on that? No, that's actually awesome. I I'd never heard of this, uh, this service before. Uh, I actually took a note and put it in our research <laughs> uh, channel channel in our slack i was like hmm, we need to look into this maybe so yeah it's also yeah, posted in the discord guys so awesome uh, no, yeah. sorry i will post it in the discord i just posted in the twitch chat on the I twitch discord as well yeah awesome yeah, it's a pretty cool service like i said they're gonna take 10 percent. so if you're if you're whatever your ask is you know keep it in mind it's gonna be a little 10 percent less so yeah no i mean 10% less is better of nothing, you know, it's better than the nothing you had to begin with. So I think that's a great, there you go. great idea. So, all right. So basically no matter what avenue you choose to uh, find a sponsor for your fireside gathering, just understand that you may always hear the words, no, thank you from time to time. It, it's going to happen. Uh, but don't be discouraged. Uh, definitely stick with it tried many different avenues eventually you will probably succeed somewhere um, but if you do need help with finding a sponsor in your area reach out to us we would be happy to uh you know kind of we, we all have our network of of people that we know and we would all be happy to reach out and kind of help you in any way we can so, you know, as uh, Aliri mentioned earlier, you can uh, post in the Discord server, and uh, we one of us will uh, respond, and we'll we'll see what we can do for you. So, all right, I guess that brings us up to uh, let's see. Yeah, I guess that brings us up to uh, our next part of this topic, which is getting the signature. Uh, Root, why don't you take us away on that? Sure. One of the biggest things is, you know, you've done all the work. You've gotten that, that, that meeting. You've, you've achieved the message market match. You've got a fantastic sponsor, potential sponsor for your, uh, your, your meeting, your event, your fireside gathering. And now you start 
talking turkey. Now it's time to actually tell them exactly what you need, exactly what you're going to give them. Uh, Jordan, I mentioned the, the deliverables, what they're getting for the money that they're spending. And you've got to get that in writing. My father used to always tell me that a verbal contract was worth the paper that it's written on. You've got to get it in writing. You've got to get it signed. And that's just for protection on both sides. You want to be 100% sure and 100% clear that what you're delivering is what they're expecting. And you, then you want to be able to take that and exceed their expectations, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But you want to make sure everything's on the up and up and everything's completely cleared and understood by both parties. Now, meeting a sponsor and talking. The biggest issue that I see that we have as innkeepers and as just people in general is we bring a lot of luggage with us. We bring baggage. We bring our preconceived notions and we project those when we go into a meeting. For instance, we might be saying, these people don't understand Hearthstone and I'm going to need to explain Hearthstone to them. There's no way that they're going to understand Hearthstone. Bottom line is they don't need to understand Hearthstone. They need to understand that you're putting on an event, the demographics of that event, how long people are going to be there, what their age group is, how much money they spend, and if it's the message market match for them. If I'm going to, I don't know, a fuel additive dealer to try to get them to sponsor my Hearthstone event, that's probably not the message market match that I want to get. But if I go talk to a guy who owns a game shop and he's got those little Funko Pop toys or any other little memorabilia or knickknacks, that's a good message market match. I still don't need to explain what Hearthstone to, is to him. He may know, and that's great, but I don't need to explain it to him. So we tend to do that. When it comes to money, we do the same thing. And the reason we do it for money is we don't like asking people for money. So we assume that since we don't like asking people for money, people don't want to be asked for money. And as Jordan's already said, that is, can't be further from the truth when it comes to marketing dollars. If they don't spend their budget, they're going to budget. They lose it. It gets readjusted for next year based on what they spent this year. They want you to ask for that money. So you have to break that mold. A long time ago, I was in a position where I was selling a piece of software for $30,000. It was awesome. The hardest part about selling that piece of software for $30,000 was telling the person that the cost was $30,000 without laughing because I felt so uncomfortable telling them that the price was $30,000. I rehearsed it in my mirror, like day in and day out. And then when I finally started asking for it and got used to asking for it, it became second nature. And then it was just not a big deal. So you have that that preconceived notion that I can't ask for $30,000. That's too much. Because at my time, in my mind, that was way too much. But once I got used to asking for it, it was not a big deal anymore. So you need to have your basics. You need to tell them just the basic. Look, it's a game. It's an electronic game. Uh, matches last between or events last between four to eight hours. Matches last about an hour. We have 15 to 20 minutes between rounds. We can get you three to four mentions. We'll have all your artwork around, whatever the deliverables are. And you let them know exactly what they're getting on paper and usually in duplicate. Um, Jordan, I'm going to throw this over to you now. Do you guys have like a cool form that you give them or anything that, that you have them sign? Um, not specifically like a, a contract form. Uh, usually we'll – because, I mean, contracts can be written on a napkin. Like it, it, yeah. doesn't ha it doesn't have to be something super formal as long as you have it in writing. It can be an email. It can even be a text, although that I don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> But, like, you, you need it in writing somewhere, documented, you know, this is what you agreed on. Um, sometimes what we'll do is we'll print off our sponsorship deck and then we'll, like, write on the back, um, which totally works just fine. Um, as long as we know what we agreed on and, you know, sometimes you, you change things. Sometimes what you have listed there isn't everything they want or sometimes it's too much of what they want. So you could be flexible, right? Um, so don't feel like you have to only give them certain things or... You know, they can only ask for certain things. Yeah. So be flexible, right? Um, but yeah, like it, whatever works for you. You can you can be super formal and have like a written contract. But I don't think most of us are lawyers or have any legal experience yeah. in that sense. So as long as it's clear, like what you agreed on, that's what's important. So one of my pet peeves is I refuse to call them a contract because it's a Hearthstone event. It's a fireside gathering. It's a fun thing to do. And when the word contract comes out, people tend to get a little stiff on that. 
I might use the word agreement. Hey, this is what we're agreeing on, just so that we're all relatively understanding what's going on. And that they understand that there is a little bit of formality to it. But if I use the word contract, it's always very, it tends to scare people. So I, I usually don't, I usually don't use that. But one of the things that I'd love to do is once I have what we're going to be delivering to them and I have that in writing or we understand what we're going to do, that's my, that's my base. That's where I step off from and I go higher. So that way I'm exceeding expectations of my sponsor. I'm giving them more than they actually asked for and they actually bargained for. And I'm not going to go over the moon on this, but I'm giving them more and then they feel a ton better. But if you're someone who's going to go through the steps to get something in writing, try to get a signature. If it's something you're going to be printed out, just if you want to go that route, I typically will get a signature on the first couple ones until I have that relationship built up. Then I might forego that later on. Uh, but it just depends on, on the relationship that you've got with them and everything that you're delivering and the cost. It also is going to depend on that sponsor. A lot of sponsors are going to have a lot of paperwork that they have to sign up and have you sign as well. So just depends on that. Biggest thing on there, though, is once you have all that stuff in place and you've got the signature, and you've got the yes, and you've got the commitment, you want to continually follow up with your sponsor. Let them know what's going on during the planning stages. You've listed the event. You've listed your fireside gathering. It's been approved by Blizzard. We have it up on Battlefy. Hey, we've got 1632 signups. Everything's looking good. The weather forecast for the day is great, and we're expecting to have a fantastic event. And just the more you do it, easier it's going to get. So just keep on doing that, and you'll get you'll start to get it'll be second nature to you within no time at all. Sweet. All right. So, uh, Aliri, tell us a little bit about you know making sure our sponsors come back after we've we've gotten them. After we have them in our hands. Um, <laughs> so, landing a sponsor for an event it is a huge deal, but keeping them around it's an even bigger deal. Think of all the work you've done in order to get them into the sponsorship agreement in the first place. Do you want to go through that every single fireside? No, nobody's got time for that. Plus, there are extreme benefits to partnering up with sponsors over and over again. The more that you partner with a sponsor, the more they're going to trust you and want to pull more resources into your event. Um, Jordan. Do you have some tips on how to make those sponsors keep coming back for more? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, we have kind of different focuses when we're, we're building these sponsorship decks and when we approach these, these companies, if it's for a single event, you know, we have a, have a different goal in mind than if it's maybe for a, a long-term partnership or, or sponsorship in that sense. Um, so really it, it kind of, if you want to keep this person or this this organization or this sponsor around, you should approach your first visit with maybe that in mind, right? Like, how, how am I going to develop this relationship, right? Like, when you make a friend, you don't just think, hmm, well, I'm going to be friends with this person for a month <laughs> and then just never talk to them again, right? You don't do that. You, you go into, say, a relationship expecting that it's going to last as long as as possible right and so honestly you should treat almost every sponsorship like that um granted you know there's scope and and purposes behind what you're doing and if you're you're just seeking them for one event be clear on that right if you're if you're wanting to you know maybe develop something more long term have that in mind. Maybe not just say, hey, we're wanting you to be our sponsor forever. That's weird. But, you know, at least have that in your mind and have that uh, kind of understanding that this is something you would want to repeat. Because then that'll influence your actions going forward, right? You'll you'll definitely be sure to, to follow up on things. You'll want to wow them. You'll want to make them do this kind of thing again. The, they'll want to work with you more because then if you make them think it's their idea, then you have a lot easier time convincing them to do more things in the future because you're not asking for it anymore. They're asking, what can we do for you now? Which is really the position you want to be in. 
Uh, and that's the kind of relationship you want to be developing with these sponsors. So I don't know if that directly answers the question, but that that's the best I can recommend right there. Well, Patrick, what has been your experience? Have you had repeating sponsorships for your events? I've actually never had to have a sponsor. I've been lucky in a position, unless, unless you want to consider my venue a sponsor. I've never actually had yes. to, to go out and get uh, monetary or prize-based sponsors. Um, I've worked with some great venues who um, have allowed us to use the space at no cost to us. A lot of times just bringing players in. Um, one of the spaces we use is a tavern. People come in, buy food, buy drink. They're more than happy to let us use the space at no cost. So... Yeah, I definitely do view that as a type of sponsorship because they're supporting the event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see Root nodding his head. I think <laughs> Total agreement. That. Yeah. <laughs> if if you're getting something for no monetary value, there's monetary value in there. They're just <laughs> absorbing that. So you are, in exchange for that, you're doing something for them. So you're bringing players and people in that are going to buy their, their food and beverage. So it's definitely a sponsorship. Yeah. So... They so, might not – oh, sorry. No, please go ahead, sir. I was going to say, they might not, you know, officially call it a sponsorship. And a lot of companies actually will – you you might run into this issue where, like um, – a great example, actually, is, like, Microsoft stores, right? Where Microsoft stores are technically part of Microsoft, but they're not because, like, they're their separate entity where, you know, they're not part of Microsoft, you know, the software company. There, there's something separate. And so when you say we're sponsored by Microsoft, that's really touchy. Like the stores can't just say, well, yeah, we're sponsoring your event. They, they, it, there's certain legal things that you have to work out. But that doesn't mean the store can't host you. That doesn't mean they can't help you know, provide machines or you know, cheap swag or things like that. So sometimes it's, t it's a support relationship rather than a sponsored relationship. But for the, you know, the sake of the term or, you know, so we're not splitting hairs, it, it's some kind of sponsorship in those kinds of relationships. But sometimes you just have to be careful with the terms you use, especially when you're working with more like corporate or, or larger businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, just real quick back to the um, bringing the sponsor back. One of the things I try to do and focus on with that is, you know, like you guys have mentioned earlier, if you are getting monetary value, oftentimes that's marketing budget. So yes, you're marketing for them live at the event, but then if you can go those extra miles to provide marketing for them with your own, with your event and with your own social media, I'll give an example. In at Vancouver Playoffs last weekend, um, the team there had set up a TV, a monitor display, and it was rotating. They had a really cool little graphic of all the players that were competing at that location. And then we had the leaderboard come up for the Lich King raid. But then they inserted uh, a slide that was their sponsor. And just little things like that, like incorporating that into it and making sure that if you're tweeting and they're in the picture like if their logos in the picture or something like that because you're taking a picture and trying to get whatever they have at the venue with their um their brand on it getting that included make sure you're tagging them you are marketing for them and that is what that money is going towards maybe not directly for that that's not part of the deal but you know you're kind of able to push it that little bit further and kind of make their dollar go a little bit further. I think that they can really appreciate that and definitely follow up with an email. Let them know the outcome, the the data from the event, you know, how many people were there, if you want to give them analytics with the social media um, and then always end it with, you know, this is our next event and, you know, we'd love to bring you back as a sponsor and leave that in their hands with some data and some information to go over for next time. Um, speaking of next time, I really think that we should maybe do a episode 3.2 to maybe points. do more sponsorships because I know we have so many questions from innkeepers about things that we have gone over today and we are running out of time. So 
Jordan, I don't know if you're up for coming back soon. I don't know if next week is an option, but maybe we can fit the rest of stuff into a second episode on sponsorships. No, absolutely. And I mean, if, if people, if we wanted to, we could actually talk about maybe building a sponsorship deck. I have some really great examples. I would love to hear that on a show. Yeah, that would be cool. I think a lot of innkeepers would get a lot from that as well. So Yeah. yeah, maybe we should do that. Sure. Okay. Well then we will save this last section for our next show we'll we'll talk about securing long-term sponsors and how to build a uh, sponsorship deck on the next episode then that sounds like a great great start for that uh so uh we do have some listener questions we want to get to real quick um so uh marspad asks how many sponsors are too many sponsors jordan Actually, that that's a really great question because there is such thing as too many sponsors, especially uh, for say like a one-time event, because you don't want to flood your event with so many sponsors that like it, it loses its effectiveness. So really, it kind of depends on the scope and the scale of your event. So say an event with I don't know, you're expecting maybe 20, 30 people. I would say maybe one or two sponsors at most for that kind of event. The moment you start adding like five, 10, 20 sponsors for some small event, like it loses its meaning, right? Because then it's just like this guy and this company and this company and this company, they lose their identity as a sponsor and it becomes less valuable for them even. So it definitely depends on the, you know, the scope and the scale. I wouldn't say there's like a ratio Mm -hmm. or some magic formula, but there is such thing as too many. It's just what is appropriate for your event or your organization. Okay, great. Um, so I guess the next question was, how do I ask sponsors for things without sounding needy? (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think if you're just clear and concise, no matter what you're asking for, it sounds less needy. You know, like if you have a, like a rehearsed, but not overly rehearsed, but just, you know, like a structured way of approaching them, you know, it, there's a difference between like that kind of approach and being like, hey, so, mm, yeah, I really, you know, and like if you approach it like that, it could come across as needy. Um, but if you're going in confident, not maybe blase, but just being, you know, confident and in, in that you're going to secure sponsors no matter what, but you're interested in them, you know, I think that that maybe is the kind of bit of difference. Yeah, be assertive. Be assertive. There you go. I like that. All right. Uh, Our next question comes from Matt. says, how much lead time should I have between initial pitch to a sponsor and the event? Um, Also, uh, should it be as much as possible as long as they're comfortable, or should I always have a backup plan? What are your thoughts, Jordan? Um, So, again, it it depends on the scope and scale of the event. Um, We kind of actually have... Uh, tiers for our own events uh, just internally so that we know kind of how to prepare for them. Um, events, say say you're expecting like a mid-range event, say like 40 people and you're planning at least a month and a half out in advance. The moment you have your venue or if maybe your venue is the sponsor, like that's when you need to start finding sponsors. So once you know where it is and you know what it is, and you know why you're doing it, that's when you want to start looking for sponsorships. So almost as soon as possible, but you want to at least have something concrete you can tell them, not just be like, we want to do an event. Do you want to help <laughs> us? Because then they're going to be like, no, no. But if you have something concrete, you have something you know, at least you know, penciled in and, and planned and you have a plan, that's when you need to start finding sponsors. Okay. Cool, cool. All right, so uh, our last question of the night is also from Marspad. He says, I want sponsors, but I don't know what I can really offer my venue. Uh, Say it's a computer store. Uh, They have tons of goodies for gamers like us, but unless we run an event at their shop, what can a community offer as deliverables? So that's a really good question. Um, 
So I'm assuming this is like a local store, right? It's not like some, I some think so, yeah. large company. So honestly, local local stores like this benefit the most from just word of mouth, right? Um, so honestly, you being there and your patrons being there and having a good experience, whether it's rele- you know, relevant to the store, what they do or not, just the fact that they were there, like you can have your patrons just tweet that we were at this location or, you know, check in on like Facebook, things like that. Make it a quest. Be like, you have to check in on Facebook or social media and say, I was here and, you know, integrate that into your event. That's something that these places definitely value is foot traffic and people online seeing that foot traffic. You can add in like, you know, positive reviews on Yelp or, or, you know, travel advisor or, or whatever those you know there's all kinds of, of things so you have to look a little outside the box but not too far because there's there's opportunities everywhere whether it's something physical or something you know it's literally just spreading the word that this place is great and they're awesome and they they care about you know they care about their their customers they care about their clientele and that's that's a big thing right there so I'll add on to that, too, from Mars Pads. One of the things that I love doing for vineyards like this is we have, as innkeepers, the, our patrons, our tribe, our group, our, our, our members tend to trust us and are used to getting communications from us. So if I send out a Google form to them that asks them information about their hardware, how old is your computer, how much RAM do you have, when are you going to be looking to upgrade, I can provide this computer store a ton of information about what people need even you know i would strip out the email address and strip out the content information because i don't want them spamming my group but that would give them enough stuff to say hey we notice all your people uh, are coming up to a hardware upgrade or a percentage of them are we're going to give them this discount code if they use and then you can provide that to your customers or your patrons and then it goes back to the computer store so that's how you do that offline you provide them with more data about the audience that that you have uh, even if you're not in their store, you can still they can still sponsor your events. You can be powered by the computer store, and they can offer your your patrons discounts through you. And then yeah, it all works out. They get people buying stuff. There you go. Sounds yeah. Sounds like a great. It's a great plan. suggestion. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's gonna kind of do it for us this week. Um, just real quick, uh, we we talked about uh, finding event sponsors getting them to uh, sign a sponsorship deal and uh, how to make them come back. And uh, next week we're going to elaborate a little more. We're going to talk about uh, long-term sponsorships as well as uh, how to create a sponsorship deck, Uh, whether, you know, you just go with the regular sponsorship deck or the all golden sponsorship deck. That's, that's very important. It's all filled with legend. Nothing but legendary. Nothing but legendary sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, why don't you guys tell uh, everybody watching and listening where they can find you, uh, Jordan? If people want to follow you to get more information, where can they find you online? Yeah. So, uh, um, Twitter's a great place. Uh, Facebook. Uh, it's just Jordan underscore Runyon. Uh, on either of those, and then also you, you know you can follow our organization, Crimson Gaming. Um, it's our TESPA chapter here at the University of Utah. So either of those outlets, great way to get a hold of me or my organization. Okay, awesome, uh, Aliri. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Aliri, and there is actually in our um, and I just linked Crimson Gaming's Twitter in Twitch. Um, all of our Twitches, or sorry, all of our Twitters are linked in, in Twitch. Oh, too many, too many <laughs> sounding words at this time of night. I'm sorry, guys. Too many um, P's. Yeah. You can give us all a follow directly there, but if you want to find me on Twitter, it is at Aliri. All right. Awesome. And, uh, Root, where can people find you? Well, for all your Hearthstone needs while you're in Florida, you can check out FloridaFireside.com. That's got all the links to all of our gatherings, all of our emails and social media accounts and Discord channels there. But if you wanted to talk to me directly on Twitter, I am at HearthCastRoot. Awesome. And uh, What about you, Avantis? 
Yeah, so you can find me uh, on Twitter, as uh, Larry said, it's Avanti's HS, or you can find me every Wednesday night at 7.30 right here on Twitch uh, doing the Hero Power Hearthstone podcast. This awesome. week, we are recording episode number 100. So, Congratulations, it's, sir. Thank That's you. Awesome. It's, it's sure to be a special night. Uh, feel free to drop in at 7.30 Eastern. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash ECMMOGamers. And uh, we're going to have some fun this week. And, of course, you can always find all of us hanging out on the Innkeeper Discord. Uh, that is, yeah, you can find that over, uh, it's, it's linked just about everywhere, but you guys know where it's at. <laughs> yeah, and uh, don't forget to check out hsinkeepers.com for all your resources for Fireside Gatherings. And uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you all again next week. Bye. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Innkeeper Thanks, Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Yes, for all sorts of Hearthstone community-related <laughs> goodness, check out hsinkeepers.com. Come on now. Are you just roping me along? Can we keep moving? <laughs> no, no. <laughs>